one, I wasn't born into wealth. So if you look at my story, I actually came from a family that struggled to make ends meet. And that's what really brought me on this path. The majority of my money comes from property investing. The big question is this, how investors like us have learned all in the silver spoon, successfully investing in property to create a passive income and still have a lifestyle now? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. I'm George Markoski and welcome to the Positive Property Show. Our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski method. Join us. Hello, George Markoski and Belinda Flaherty coming to you live tonight. I love what the videographer's done at the end of that video with the with violins. I just really enjoy it. I love the violins lately for some reason. Now, what violin, do I do? Violin puts a bit of motion behind it. It gets you going. Oh, it does. Now, we're on the main side, Australian Property Chat, but we're also in the Positive Property Inner Circle. So we're in both now. And tonight, we've got a really good session. And I'm going to be talking about the worst thing to do in a property boom. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you heard the news. We're in a property boom. And I'm going to talk to you about, hey, how you doing? I'm going to tell you what you shouldn't be doing. And I'm going to be explaining to you what the wealthy do during a property boom. Now, if you're watching this, you're part of our tribe, part of our movement. And you know what we are? We're part of the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. But we call ourselves freedom fighters. So freedom fighters, welcome. Namaste. Welcome. Yes, welcome. <laughs> Now, I know Belinda's got quite a few questions that we're going to go through, and we've got the team. Oh, yeah, I've got to find them. Yeah, we've got the team that are going to monitor the stuff, and what I want to do, Freedom Fighters, that's right, that's correct, that's what we are. That's what <laughs> you are. I love it, love it, love it, love so it. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go through and talk about the difference between the wealthy and the mediocre, you know, median household people that invest in property and what the difference is now i'm curious guys if you're watching please type in oh what are we fighting for we are fighting for financial freedom so what our entire goal is is to empower 10,000 australians to create wealth through property investing using the markoski method and every wednesday night we go live and i explain it to you we show people examples of how we're doing this and what we're doing is we're you know building a better world one family at a time but there you go so, Love that. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, and what I'd like to do is, uh, the people watching, please tell me what you think the biggest mistake is during a pop property boom. What's the biggest mistake that people make? Because you're going to be surprised at the biggest mistake there is. Uh-huh. Write it in there, guys. Yeah, type it in the questions because I'm going to go through it now and tell you what that what it is. I wrote a list here of... Yeah. The biggest mistakes, but the fact of it is, you know, the difference between wealthy investors and people that, you know, don't do well in property, it's going to be very interesting when I show you the difference. Someone wrote not buying. <laughs> oh, I like that. Look, um, there's some good on you, Lisa. That's awesome. Well, unfortunately, Lisa stole my punchline. Thank you, Lisa, because you know ah. Lisa knows what she's doing. But, okay, what's the worst thing? You might think I'm going to say it's to invest in the wrong area. Nope. Not buying and missed the boat but getting there. Okay, Nicola, you've, you're not buying but you get 
Okay, so someone said, I'm guessing the majority of your wealth comes from either the sales of your book or you were born into wealth. Um, so I'm actually streaming on quite a few platforms. So this is interesting. One, I wasn't born into wealth. So if you look at my story, I actually came from a family that struggled to make ends meet. And that's what really brought me on this path. The majority of my money comes from property investing, right? Because look, you know, a lot of people say diversify, diversify, diversify. I don't know if you've heard that before, right? The fact of it is not buying at the right time, right place. No. Or getting the wrong strategy. No. Not getting the right team around you. No. Buying the wrong structure. No. Wrong area. No. They're all good. They're all excellent answers. Right? But this is the one thing you shouldn't do during a boom. And that is to do nothing. you can you hear me now belinda i can't hear you yeah i can oh really yeah look away that's right yes not buying at all that's exactly right right because doing nothing is the biggest way to miss out in this boom and look the last boom back in 2009 and 10 i was telling people during the gfc i said look you know my predictions have come right again see a year ago to this date i remember COVID just hit australia and everyone was shitting themselves. And what happened was we had a lot of members that were scared too. And you know, some of them tried to quit and other people said, oh, I can't buy now and pulled out of the investments. And, but you know what? The, our core community of members, they listened to me. And now they're sitting pretty because they got those prices then and you can see what's sure happening. Are, for sure. But, but the thing is, I said to everyone, look, there's a lot of fear in the marketplace. And you know, your Uber driver and hairdresser are telling you not to buy, right? But since when does your Uber driver or hairdresser know what a good investment is, right? Exactly. And the fact of it is you can ignore them, right? And, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you know, I've heard that. The thing is, this is the, this is the thing. Going against the herd is so hard. It's not easy because at the time, everyone was shitting themselves and I was saying to people, invest. Now, the people that listen to me, they've made, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last 12 months because Correct. when everyone is saying don't buy that's when you should be on buying now <laughs> this, boom, Love it. this boom is not even close to over yet right so there's still a lot of legs on it so you need to get in quick right so that's that's the, that's the point right but the thing is right going gets the grain and doing that is hard it takes it's very difficult Getting out of your comfort zone is difficult. It's not easy. But you've got to choose your heart, right? And Absolutely. the deal is, and I, I, you can quote me on this, because in a year's time, we'll be talking about this. In two years, in 2023, when we've already gone up 12%, 20%, right? Because they're, they're predicting. The experts are predicting 23%, 25% rise in the next three years, right? Now, that's a lot of money. So if you buy a $500,000 property, that's 100 grand, right? So the point is, when I talk to you in two or three years, I'm going to say to you, you know, what did you do? And if you did nothing, you're going to get nothing. I guarantee that. And I guarantee that if you do something, you're going to make something. But you need to still get it right. So the thing is, there's, you know, what's happening at the boom now is crazy. People are going nuts and they're really just going in there, right? And just buying like crazy.
Now, yeah, absolutely. You heard what Michael Jordan said about basketball. Can you hear me, George? Are you getting a response, or am I? I, I can hear you. Can I please get a replay of this? Thank you. Yes, there's going to be a replay of our podcast. If you watch our podcast, the Positive Property Show, uh, every Tuesday it comes out. So Wednesday night live, next Tuesday will come out for the podcast. Now, Michael Jordan said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Love Michael. And is he right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> I love it. Right? Exactly. So the fact of it is, Michael Jordan had it right. You do miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So the point is, if you've been sitting on your ass, if you're sitting on the fence, seriously, now's the time to act. Just saying it, you know what I mean? Because there's a boom coming and you can't afford to miss it. No. Right? But even though you could dive in and screw things up, it's got to be smarter to educate yourself first. You know what I mean? That way you can avoid making stupid mistakes and you leave one. Correct. Because, um, you know, because who's running this boom anyway? Is it the investors, is those naughty investors gobbling up all the good properties again? No, it's not. It's actually first home buyers. First home buyers are rampaging going through, right? And it's basically all the first home buyers. Right? Yeah, wow. And, they, and what, what they're doing is they're rushing, rushing, really rushing in, right? But see, I say don't rush, right? Because I always say buy when you're ready, not when you're rushed. That's what I say. It's a, it's yeah. a smart way to do it. Because if you rush into it, you're going to you make, can make mistakes. Correct. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. See, we've got a biggest boom in history coming up. So what I'm saying now is, you know, fair enough, we've got the biggest boom. So you need to be urgent. I'm not saying don't be urgent, but not rushed. If you get what I'm saying. It's almost like the slow and steady win the race. Yes, but but you still need to be urgent. You still need to be urgent because otherwise you're going to totally miss out. But don't be rushed. Really get everything right. Be 100% comfortable before you do anything and really get your, you know, the, the two things. Yeah, ducks in a row. That's right. The two things I want you to get right is really make sure they're top 100 and then make sure that the cash flow calculator, they work. Do your due diligence. Do yeah, your look, cash flow calculator. It's always worth being meticulous with any deal that you do. Right? That's the fact of it. So, do you know 53% of first home buyers are bringing forward buying? Wow. Didn't so, know that one. Yep. So, I've got a few questions coming through. and Yeah, I've they're coming to... through thick and fast, George. Oh, so, I think we need to get onto them. And look, please, um, we're going to get there, but I really, you know, want to talk about what's happening at the moment, right? Because, Absolutely. you know. All right, so, should we go through some of these questions? Well, look, there was one question that was really interesting on the group, and I want to, I want to answer this. Ant Fong um, had a question in the group about a property where he's got um, some Indian students renting it. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. I um, I was trying to look for that on the chat. I couldn't yeah, find so it. I'm going to go find it. This is the, this is the question. Ant Oni Fong. I hope I got everything right there with your name, Ant. Um, so Fong. I have a two-bedroom unit. I rented out to four Indian students for $300 per week. In Parkside, South Australia. Parkside's a good area. I decided to increase the rent by $5 a week. 
They call me and say there are no culture of increasing rent when lease is over. He said he has a friend living in the place for seven years and never increased rent. But I feel like my area, even rent 350 a week for a unit is reasonable price and they have four people, not just two. How should I reply? Great question, and I'd like to answer that for you because Ant, Ant's been a follower of our stuff for a long time. So if you're out there, hi, Ant, how are you? Welcome. Uh, please type Let's and say hello. Some answers. But, but this is what I'd like to say, right? One, you shouldn't be managing the property yourself. Correct. Right? So we really want um, to make sure that, one, you don't manage yourself. And the reason you don't want to manage yourself is because if you're managing yourself, one thing is guaranteed, you're not going to get the right market price, right? And that's the reason having a circle of safety. You can't be an expert at everything. So unless you want to spend 10,000 hours becoming an excellent property manager, don't do it, right? So you need to choose what you need to be good at, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was a good one. He so, had another one on that. I'm, I'm finished. I haven't finished yet. Okay. okay. So the point is, and this is, so you got people like Steve Jobs, the guy from Facebook. What's his name? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. We're on Facebook now. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Steve Jobs from Apple. You got uh, the guy that did Ford, Henry Ford. What have all these people got in common? These super successful people. I'll tell you what they got in common. They focus on what they're good at, and they don't do anything else. And what they do is hire experts, right? So, you know, Steve Jobs doesn't, well, not anymore, but he'd never actually serviced his own car or did his gardening or anything else like that. So, you know, you're renting your property out, unless you want to be a property manager, you shouldn't be doing that and you should be hiring an expert because, you know, seriously, you know, you're, you're getting $300 a week. You probably could be getting 350 365 380 who knows? And that would be worth itself. So you really need to get an expert in to help you. And that's the key because the reason... With property, it's not like not like ping pong where you've got one player or two players. It's more like rugby where you've got a whole team. And if you don't have a whole team in rugby, what do you think is going to happen to you? You're going to get annihilated. That's right. So here we go. So I've got someone here. Just what we need, the rich to get richer. Listen to this. So you're fighting for financial freedom to help 10,000 families, but they have more money than the real people who need help. What is your advice to us who have got no money or credit, right? And want to invest in the boom? Because this sounds to me like some type of pitch. So you can sell your book. Okay. So look, <laughs> um, you know, thank you for um, commenting. And then he said, I'm sure to buy your book, mate. Need some good toilet paper for my next camping trip. Look, at the end of the day, I can't help um, everyone. Can I, just, can I just say something? If you wanted that toilet paper for a camping trip, you'd have to wait three months because that's how long it takes to get the book off Amazon. Exactly. It's a bestseller. So it's already sold out, so there you go. But also, yeah. look, at the end of the day, whoever that is, you should probably leave our community because you're not really a freedom fighter or anything else like that. It's not the right thing. That's fit. correct. You're probably a great person and you've probably you know, got a few challenges there, but you know, I really think we're building a better world by helping 10,000 people. If you don't like it, don't hang around here. Simple, easy. Simple. Okay. There's Next plenty question. of other groups to go join. Go yes, join other groups. Go to wehatemoney.com.au, you know. Yeah, we hate money. That's a, that's a good one. Money is evil. Go to that one, you know. Whatever. But probably wrong group. So there you go. But look, the haters are going to hate. That's the way it is. Haters and, are going to hate. And look, the fact of it is, right, that, you know, 
the, the difference between the wealthy and the poor is that person there is a member of the poor. And I'm not having a go at the poor, but I haven't, I've never seen someone be poor for a long time that has consistently not tried to do the right things and get out, right? Yeah. Because the point is it's a lack of action and it doesn't matter where you start, where you end up. So the fact of it is, you know, this person, whoever commented about my book, whatever, whatever person that is, you know, I wasn't born in wealth and I really, you know, had nothing. I came from nothing and built a multi-million dollar portfolio. So I'm talking from experience. I've done this myself. I rolled up my sleeves and I did it myself. You know, I've been there where I couldn't pay my rent. I've been there where I didn't have enough money. So I get it. It's hard. I've been there. I've been there when you were working seven to eight days a week um, and really struggling, you know, like you've been through it all. I've seen you with making a few mistakes with your portfolio investments, but you got it right. But it took you a lot of lessons and a lot of mistakes to get it right, but you didn't give up. No, no, and that that's the difference because, you know, okay, because at the end of the day, right, the, the, a lot of people think success is a straight line with it's growing along, but really success is going to be full of potholes and it's going to be full of challenges and whether you want to invest in property or whether you want a great relationship or whether you want a great business or you want a great career, great health, I don't care what it is, you're going to always have challenges. And it's about getting up again, dust yourself off and learning from what you've learned and keep going. Right? That's right. That's the fact of it. So um, love but your get some of these, um, George, how do we get down to the, the bottom? Bottom, um, there's been a few questions coming down on this chat on the uh, on the stream. Okay, so should I save for a home deposit or could I use my super instead? Any info is much appreciated. That's Mocko Turner. Um, so what I'll do is I'll go to that one. Look, with super, you really need to talk to a qualified financial advisor for that, which I'm not, yeah. uh, but. Yeah. With super, really, you need a minimum of at least one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and you would be making, you know, over eighty five thousand minimum. And even that makes it because you want to be super conservative with super. It's it's because there's a lot of expenses, and you're not really getting the the biggest benefit from property. What I like about properties in super, and I, you know, we help our members get properties in super if they so desire, is because with super, that's the property you're going to sell when you retire because you're going to get cash free. You don't pay any tax at all tax-free, not yeah. cash-free. Lots of cash, but yeah. So that's really cool, you know what I mean? So that's what I like about it. But I'm always saving for a deposit for my next property, right? And what I'm doing now is the more properties you have, the better, because then your tenants are saving money in your bank towards your next property. And then you've got more people helping you. So it's all about getting people helping you. The whole point of this is all about leverage, right? You know, leveraging the circle of safety, leveraging your equity, leveraging your tax, leveraging your tenants, leveraging your properties to help you make money. Because at the beginning, it's really difficult and you put a lot of put effort in. But once you've got started getting a few properties, they actually multiply themselves. What about DHS investment properties, pros and cons? That's defence housing scheme. Look, there's a word at the end of it called defence housing scheme. Scheme. Right? Like, mm. I would not touch defense housing 
or NDIS or any of that fancy stuff with a 10-foot pole. The point is where property goes up, right, property goes up with the bread and butter, three or four bedroom family home that a normal family or normal couple can rent out, which is close to the city. So I don't touch mining towns. I don't touch boom towns. I don't touch DHS. I don't touch letting rooms. I don't touch any of that. Yeah, I've tried a lot of different stuff. But you know what? We're looking for capital growth. Now, the problem with DHS is defence housing. There's only a certain amount of people that want defence housing, and it's complicated, and it's not mainstream, so people aren't going to want to buy it off you. So it's going to be hard for to make money. Right, so I really think stick to the bread and butter. You know, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. All these massive um, ideas, what people say, um, you know, about, what do you call it? About investing in all these different tricks. Forget it. You know what I mean? There's no trick. The trick is, and this, this is the thing. I'm sick to death with all those companies out there that promise, you know, unicorns with bloody fairy floss coming out of their ass over the rainbow type stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah, true. that's it. I've had enough oh. of get rich, the get rich quick mentality. Quick mentality. If you guys are the get rich quick, you shouldn't be here, right? Because I really think that the quick way to make money is a slow way. Right. Absolutely. You know, the point is the tortoise won the race because he just kept going. And the people that try to make money quickly and they try to do NDIS or DH, DHS or all these other different schemes and stuff like that, the challenge is, one, there's a lot of effort in, but the problem is the return's not there. The return is really into buying quality property and letting inflation do all the heavy lifting. Because you know? the thing is, I mean, Properties double every seven, 10 or 12 years. And you can't beat that. So, you know, whether you're going to want to renovate or you're going to do something else, you can't beat that. You know, the whole renovation thing, it's a lot of bullshit. Don't even waste your time. I know lots of people do that. They buy a house, renovate it. They live in, they live in a really shit house for a while and move rooms while they're renovating it. Once it's good, they sell it. Then they live to another shit house. Forget that, right? Life's too short, right? You need to have a bit of fun. And really at the end of the day, you know, a friend of mine has been doing renovations for the last 15 years. I've been buying and holding. And I'll tell you what, I'm a lot richer than him. Not brag mm, Absolutely. I mean, I made over a million dollars last year without lifting a finger. And that's because my properties did all the heavy lifting, right? So absolutely. keep going. Copy that. Uh, George, George, can I interrupt? We've got a lot of questions on the bottom of this stream. You're going from the top. Are we able to – are you able to scroll down? Because there's some really – there's some good ones just going down a bit. Look, we'll just go one at a time. All right. Okay. If you did, get, if you did get your if you did get your questions answered, just say it again. <laughs> okay. Yes, exactly. How many offset accounts do you have? We're, we're streaming to about ten places live at the moment, guys. So we've actually uh -huh. got quite a few people all around. There's got like, they're coming think, in thick and fast. Yeah, thick I think we've got about 166 people at the moment online in the different channels. So sometimes we, we miss the questions. The best place is the Australian Property Chat. That's where we get them in the yep, Facebook. Absolutely. Like, how All right. Question. Let's go. Okay. Read, read it out, Linda. Um, how many offset accounts do you have to have with for multiple properties? Uh, are there that many banks and credit unions, et cetera? Okay. Look, there are 
piles and piles of banks and credit unions and financiers all over the place. That's not a problem. Correct. The fact of it is, though, I like to have one main offset account. And that's on your family home if you've got a family home. Or if you haven't got a family home, your most expensive interest rate. See, the, the interest on your home is bad debt, right? You're not getting a tax deduction. So that's the one you want to reduce the most. But yep. the point is that really at the end of the day, you want to get rid of your bad debt, then you want to get rid of your biggest interest rate and work your way down from there. But yep. what I do is I, you know, and this is what our members do as well. They, every six months, they get a review, they do a review, and we look at the offset, the equity, their income, and then find out are they ready for the next one or do we have to wait another six months? Because you've got to review yep. this every six months. And we're always looking at interest rates, properties, what's happening in the market constantly. And that's one, one good advantage of being part of a group where you get someone else that's just looking after it for you and just making sure you get on top of it because you get Absolutely. busy and you forget things. And that's part of the reason I don't like managing my own properties because you get stuck. You haven't put your price up for six months, 12 months, three years, four years. And this, look, this happens so often that people join our program. And the first thing we do is check out that portfolio and tweak it. We had one girl that joined that portfolio program and she saved 20, nearly $25,000 in the first meeting. Yeah. Right? And this is by just tweaking. That was, that was before she was investing. Like, we saved her that. It was amazing. Yeah. So there you go. It's pretty awesome. Do you recommend investing in South Australia? Yes, South Australia is great. But look, at the end of the day, there's some areas that are slightly better. South Australia is good. Um, I would stick to capital cities, and I'd like to stick to an area that's high in demand, low on supply. There's only one thing. I'm going to repeat this over and over, guys, and I want you guys to memorize this. It's so important. There's only one thing that affects property prices. There's only one thing only. Demand and supply ratio. That's it. Nothing else. The old DSR. So Bring look, on the DSR. If you've got a higher demand, a less supply, what do you think is going to happen? Prices will go up. If you've got more supply and less demand, what do you think is going to happen? Price will go down. And that's it. Right. Not sure. Everything else around this just centers around this. That's it. That's what it is. So if you want to know the secret, that's the secret. You need to go to an area where there's more demand, less supply. How do you know that? There's 39 different metrics, and it's quite complicated because it's, it's we're using Freakonomics to work out what people are doing and what they're doing with their wallet. But then we can tell what people are doing, and that's the way it is. So someone said, thanks, George. You're welcome, and thank you. I love people that are grateful. You know what our values are. You know, heart, have fun. Everyone wins. Build a better world. A, for being authentic, and I think that I am. I call it the way it is. I'm not politically correct. R, for radical responsibility, and the last one is thankful and grateful. Thankful and grateful, absolutely. Okay, so is there a minimum amount of equity you need in your home in order to positive property to help? Um, good question. Look. Yeah, I get this one a lot, actually. This is a good one. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Thanks, Theo. So, look, the best idea, if you want to know if positive property can help, is really have a talk to Charmaine, right? Yeah, Charmaine's, Charmaine's the girl. Charmaine is um, our onboarding manager, but she's also, you know, helps with our clients, and she's really good at what she does. So if you want anyone that's interested, the best. if anyone's interested in um, checking, having a chat to Charmaine, just type in three 
15 minute call and we'll set our staff will send you a link book in with Charmaine have a chat to her because there's not a minimum amount of equity because there's so many different ways of making money um if you've done our 14 day challenge you'll probably see we've got nine different ways of buying a property correct and one of them is with cash the other one's with equity and then there's another seven ways of doing it so there's a lot of different ways of doing it and at the end of the day it depends on how resourceful you are and how hard you work. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what I did a while ago, and this is when I was starting out. I actually swapped 10 sets of cookware as a deposit on a house. I remember that. That's hilarious. Right? So I actually swapped 10 sets of cookware as a deposit, and I got a $50,000 deposit for these 10 sets of cookware. This, this it's not normal. That, that's not that's not normal, George. Okay, no, 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 no. but I'm saying that, it do whatever it takes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I've I've um I use the BMW to buy a restaurant, right? Yeah, that's so right. I, I, I do a lot of things outside the square. So when I first started, I didn't have the cash, so I had to really think outside the square. So when I bought my first restaurant, Spargo's in Adelaide, right? And uh, Spargo's actually sold for a record price. The most expensive cafe sold in South Australia over a million dollars. Right, and I had it for what twenty years. I oh, sold it yeah, yeah. about three or four years ago, I think. Anyway, but when I originally bought that property, I had no money. But I said I want it, so I had a BMW, and what I did is I ended up getting a loan on the BMW and getting some cash and putting the cash in, and it worked. And yeah, we've actually had members that have sold things like you know jet skis and stuff like that. You do whatever it takes. Yeah, um, borrow money from family, get your family to help you with equity. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you know, if you um, getting out of your comfort zone and getting a deposit is hard, right? But you know what? Not having investment property is even harder, if you ask me. You just got to choose yeah. your heart, you know. And sometimes you've got to um, you got to hustle. So yes. um, we yeah. like a good hustle. A good oh, look, hustle I, you know, I talk about passive income now, but when I first started out, it was all hustle. You know, you know, I was hustling. But you know, this is the thing. You know what the rich do? The rich don't diversify. You know, Gordon Buffett. You know what he said? Don't diversify. You know, you know, you hear this thing diversify, diversify all the time, and then people go, oh, a little bit of property, a little bit of shares. No, you know who talks about diversification? Um, people that went to school and learnt it out of a book, and that's you know, tell you, like, right. a lot of financial planners say diversify. Put something in shared portfolio, a bit in this portfolio, a little bit here, a little bit there. Sprinkle yeah, this, but that. Sprinkle a bit on top, and there you are. Look, the rich, the real rich, you know what they do? They find one or two things that works really well, and they put all their money and energy into that, and they become excellent at it, right? 90% yeah, of self-made right. millionaires made it through property, right? You know, they, don't, they don't say safe as Bitcoin, safe as shares, or safe as anything else like that. You know, they say safe as houses for a reason, right? So when borders open, immigration increases, demand increases, then boom, boom, time again. Good question. Boom, um, boom. Um, look, it's already a boom because of how much money is getting printed at the moment. So we're already So it's just going to get um, even bigger when the borders open, yes. But, that's um, right. But that's not what's driving it. What's driving the boom is the printing of money. There's so much money out there that's inflation and it's shrinking. So at the moment, if you were to put your money in the bank, it's going to take you 83 years to double it. You might as well get frozen first, right? Yeah. Yep. So look, 
that's the fact of it, you know what I mean? What's the next one? Um, I'll let you go for the next one. Um, Do you know that um, the average prediction of 39 experts and commoners putting property price increase at 12% over the next two years? Wow. Wow. Someone said, thanks, Heaps, for replying to my question. You're welcome. I really appreciate people that are, uh, what do you call it? Full. Very grateful. grateful. Yes. And look, yes, anyone that needs a meeting with Charmaine, just type in, you know, 15 minutes meeting and I'll get our staff to book out so you can do it. Okay. So, Belinda, um, did you have some emails with some questions? The other one was... um, uh, that was the same guy that you just did about the Indians living together and, and not oh. wanting to put the rent up. There's a question after that. I couldn't find it through my Facebook. But if you found that one, there's one straight after it or before it. I'm, I'm still looking. That's I've, that's why I've been a bit distracted. I've been going through my emails. Oh, look at this. Okay. Yes. So um, we're having a that dual conversation. We're having one on positive property in a circle as well, which is great. Oh, right. Yes. So um, Kathy just said, very formative. Thanks, George. You're welcome. Definitely. And um, look, anyone in property, positive property in a circle, got any questions, I'm happy to do that. What I've been doing lately, guys, is we're building out, we're building out our membership site. So no matter what question you've got in property, we can answer it. That's what we're doing. And part of that is... I'm getting rid of that little positive property logo because it was in my head, in the middle of my head. <laughs> there you go. You're a little baby one now. Little um, baby. There's a baby like, George. Yeah. Anyway. It's so, a baby George. Yeah, so my goal is now I'm going to be answering every single member in our group. I'm going to answer any question they've got with property personally. And I'm going to be doing that, recording it live so I can share with everyone and keep sharing the learning. And that way everyone gets a benefit out of it and I'll put more effort into answering it properly. How good is that? Yeah. Amazing. That's right. Then then, um, what I'm planning on doing, there's an Israeli company. And guess what they're doing now? Tell me. They're building clones. Oh, really? Has it got to that stage? Has it started? I I know there was talk about it. Yeah, Yeah, let me tell you. So um, I'm actually thinking about getting a clone of myself. Oh, no. Yeah, seriously. One's enough. One's let enough. Me, let, let me explain. Let me explain. It's a digital clone. Right? Have you heard of a digital clone before? Oh, a digital clone? Fantastic. Yeah, what, what they do. I want one too. I want yes, one too. <laughs> this is what happens, right? What, this, what they do is they get an AI. It reads all your articles, blogs, emails, and um, books watches all your videos listens to all your audio right so you need a lot of information and then what it does yep. it turns it into uh actual intelligent uh, digital uh, thing yeah yeah i have heard of this so then what happens is i'm thinking about setting this up so i've got this george online and you can ask george questions and because I love it, it. because it knows everything i know it should be able to answer in the same way obviously i'm gonna have to test him out first right I'm thinking about cloning myself, so there you go. Ah, fantastic. Hey, we've got a question. 
I just asked a broker. Oh, do you want to put that through? Oh, yeah. okay. You'll put it. Which Facebook group should be using other different groups? Hi, Julia. Yes, there are. So we, um, on Wednesday night lives, we're normally live in the Australian property chat. That's what we're monitoring. But we're also live in Positive Property in the Circle, and we can see you in there. But you're welcome Lovely. to come in the general group. Um, and together as everyone, I've gone live Positive Property in the Circle, but please come and join the Australian property chat. So that way I can actually see, see you more clearly. And then once a month, we do the monthly Sherp, and that's a private on the Zoom with our members. And what we're planning on doing now is I'm planning on every month bringing out a new expert. Last month, we had Adrian Cartland, who um, does asset protection. That worked really well. And there you go. So here we go. We've got a really big one now. So I'm going to look at this question and see if we can answer it. Because that's what we're here to do. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Now... trying to not having much luck i uh, let me have a try to read it out yes can you read it out okay i just asked a broker he said with my salary and a savings i can buy a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house where should i buy i am living in adelaide so i'm thinking either buy two or three cheap houses in elizabeth worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars each with a rental return around ten percent with solar or one house in Marion. I did a quick research to see if it's in the top 10 suburbs. I have a farm in Murray Bridge. Maybe I think of spending 150 to build a new house there and rent it out and buy two more in Elizabeth. I'm also thinking of Darwin as a, as a higher solar fit. Okay. And in one of George Mycosti lives, he said Brisbane was the best, but I have no idea about anywhere there. Okay. And then it, I can't see what else is next. Yeah. Um, I have no idea about that. What everyone think? Okay, look, this is the deal. Good question, and thank you for answering that. That's our Aunt Fong. Um, now, great, you've got a borrowing passive 450. High five. Well done. Excellent. So, one thing we're going to look at when you're buying a property is what is your goal? Because the goal is really going to precede what you're really going to do. Because people have got different goals. You know, some people are buying a property, they want their kids to move in it one day. Other people want to retire there one day. Some people want to make money out of it. And, and I'd say most of the people listening to us, they want to make money out of property, right? Correct. So what I would say is if that's your goal, then we've got to start with the end in mind. Now, um, Marion, I did quick research and see it's the top 10 suburb. Look, you can't do quick research and find out a top 10 suburb. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, Why? I don't, I don't think Marion's in my top 100 either. Right, so I don't think that's true. The deal is, right, with every area, if you want to be an expert, if you want to be good, Malcolm Gladwell sells you need 10,000 hours of consistent application and doing it well as well to get there. So if you think it's taken me 20 years, right? Took me 10 years, but I've been doing it for 20 years, but take me 10 years to really get my strategy on knowing how to find areas right, to do yeah. our research. Now, we're the only company in Australia that does the top 100, right, with a demand supply ratio. No one else does that. That's the fact of it. And the fact of it is yeah. it's my proprietary algorithm that I use. And how do I know it's good? I mean, we have developers, 
when they come, because I've got a developer program, if they want to know the top 100, they pay $50,000 for access to that list. And they have, to, they have to sign an NDA and they can't show anyone else either because that's our IP. So that's how valuable our research is. It's very valuable. And really, at the end of the day, the research is the most important thing. So what I'd start with, if I was you, Ant, is look at my no-go zones. At least make sure you're not on one of those on those suburbs. That's step yeah. one. Two, really work out your research. I don't know if you've done our 14-day challenge, but on the 14-day challenge, I talk about all the different stats that I use to do my research. That's going to get you in the right frame of mind because, you know, the fundamental, the statistical research and statistical research, anything that works. Yeah. And I'll go, I'll what, go about, what about the idea of buying two properties okay. in Elizabeth? Okay. No way. What? No way. Don't buy two properties in Elizabeth because the, the challenge is there's a lot of land around Elizabeth. There's not a lot of demand, but a lot of supply. You're not going to make any money. Buying... Um, I prefer buying let, more properties, yes, but you have to get the right right value property. And normally, you know, the, the property market in Elizabeth is not the right property market. So what you need to do is, one, really get the right property. 450 is good. I'd be looking at somewhere between 350 and 450. So it's a good price range. It's excellent, right? And you, I wouldn't buy in Darwin at all. You said I was born in Darwin. I was born in Darwin. George and I used to go up there and do big events. It's a bit of um. There's a lot of government spending, but once mm. the government spending's over or the military's out, it's a dead town. Um, yeah. Um. He said, "Ha, high five. That's cool." So yeah. So look, basically, <laughs> you high five me back. Thank you. Ann. So basically, what I'd be doing is right. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend money building a house in Murray in Bridge either. You want to be in a capital city. So, out of all those, out of all those um, options, Marion's the best, right? By far. However, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just go just for Marion because you've got three suburbs there that you've shown me, right? I would really want to get. Out of the sixteen thousand suburbs in Australia, I'd like to get. I would want to be in the top one hundred. You think about this: if you could be in the top one hundred suburbs out of the sixteen thousand, is that going to give you a better chance of making money? You answer the question yourself because it's up to you. But that's what I'm thinking, right? So that's the way it goes. So we've got. And I suppose the other thing, if I could just add a four fifty property in the right right growth area is going to be able to get your leverage to get another one whereas you won't have that leverage in another like places like elizabeth because you're not going to get the growth or murray bridge or darwin or murray bridge or darwin absolutely that's right right. and look um darwin there might be one or two suburbs that work there but we really got to go with the consensus and go the macro market first right you know there's a macro market yeah so uh Marcy Mono's Cruise says, hi, guys. Love listening to this. Thank you, Marcy. I really appreciate it. If wanted to purchase first property, currently have a registered non-trading company. Is it worth using the company structure of trust or just a trust? Okay. So the non-trading company, as long as the company hasn't had any trading in the past, because otherwise it may, it may be quite um, risky. You know, if you've used that, company ever in it whenever in the past then i wouldn't be using it and basically i'd i'd be doing it in a trust and having the company as a trustee for the trust however 
if you're looking at buying an investment property or a property to live in, a trust is not the best way to buy it because you're not going to get the tax deductions. So the challenge is I really need to know your structure before I can really answer that question. There's a lot, there's a lot more to it than that because, yeah. you, know, you know, it depends on what you're doing. It, um, you know, you know, first property. So that could, then that could mean own occupier, could mean, could mean investment property. Put it this way, yeah, that's true. I'll, you know, as a first, let's say I was buying my first property at the moment, I'd be buying an investment property. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, rent vesting is a new way of doing things. You rent where you want to live and you invest where you want to invest because that's how you're going to make quicker money. It's a lot quicker Love it. money. Absolutely. So I was, I was rent vesting for quite a while. People don't realize this, but you know, for a long time, I had no own occupier. And for a reason, because I only want to invest in things that are going to make me money and own occupier wasn't making me money. So I was investing in properties and I was renting. Now I bought my own property, but I really think rent investing is better. But Master, you probably need to book in with Charmaine and have a chat to Charmaine. Anyone have wants a to quick book chat with her. Have a quick chat to her, Marcy, because, um, yeah, that might just give you a bit of clarity to know what the next step is. Is it better to go through banks or money lender for a home loan? And what percentage do you need for a home deposit? My apologies. I'm very new to real estate. Don't apologize. You're welcome. Look. We all started somewhere. Never, ever, ever go direct to a bank or a money lender. Okay. So I suggest you find a good broker, a broker that runs their own business that have got at least 20 or 30 different places they can get you, they can shop for you. And you want a broker that understands property loans because the challenge is a lot of people don't know how to structure a property loan. If you don't structure it right, you're not going to get all your tax deductions. But also um, the banks like to cross collateralize and take and really you know, control everything you've got and you want them to have less control. So the key is finding the right broker. Uh, and what percentage do you need for home deposit? You can buy a property with little as 5%. The percentage deposit is not that important. What's important is the numbers, right? So I don't care if I'm paying 5%, 10%, 20%, 30%. What I care about is one, can I afford it? Is the property in the top 100? Three, cash flow calculator. Can I afford it? That's it. If you can afford it, you can do five. That's fine. If you can't afford it, you shouldn't be doing anything. So someone said, haha, that's amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You're Good amazing. Too. Thank you for watching. Um, okay, what's another little question there? I may mention that public houses have been sold off, so demand for rent has gone up apparently in Elizabeth, so many people are trying to squeeze into single homes. Look, yes, demand has maybe gone up for rent. Demand for rent has gone up everywhere except for the CBD. So what's happened is units in the CBD have gone down quite dramatically and everything else has gone up. But everything's gone up, everything. And, yes, demand's gone up even in Elizabeth, but I still wouldn't be buying there. That's not enough for me, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. What I need, you know, I'm very clear. This, the thing is having clarity and knowing exactly what you're looking for is so, so important because that's how you know if you've got it. And yeah. you need to be so clear on what you want. You know, do you want somewhere where rent's gone up a little bit? Maybe. But you know what I want? I want properties that are going to double in the next seven or 10 years. That's the only criteria. Absolutely. Okay. Listen, this, this is interesting, very interesting. Some area like Maury is such a good rental unit. What does George thought an area like that to invest? 
Yeah, Moree's got an amazing rental area. It's a beautiful place with some springs and things like that. I've actually got cousins that own property there. Funny enough. So Moree, I'm not familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, Moree's in New South Wales. New South Wales. So anyway, this is the deal. I stay out of one horse towns. I stay out yeah. of and look, if you've got a good rental yield, that's a sign. If you've got a good or bad rental yield, that's a sign not to invest in that property. I know yeah. it sounds crazy, but it depends what you're looking for. See, if something's renting out for nine, 10%, I'm not going to get capital growth. There's a reason it's renting out for so much because no one's willing to buy the property because a good area, people are willing to pay more for the property and therefore the rent goes down. So when property prices go up, um, the actual rent as a percentage is going down. And then the rent does plays catch up and goes back up. Now, when you've got yeah. a big rental yield, guess what that means? Property prices are probably going to go down. Yeah. That's why you've got a big rental yield. So this, this happened to mining towns. Mining towns have big, big rental yields, people going in there, and now the price of property dropped and so has the rental completely. Like, for example, Gladstone. Yeah. Yeah. We all know about Gladstone. First investment property, currently have mortgage on residents. I'll reach out to Charmaine as I'd like to know when your next 14-day challenge is on. Thank you. Uh, Marcy, yep. you're welcome. You're welcome. Should reach out to Charmaine, definitely. And if it's your first um, investment property, you, what you want to do is you probably more than likely going to be buying in your own name so you can get tax deductions. So what happens is depends if you're buying with someone else, depends if you own a business or depends if you're an employee. Those things all matter. And there's different ways of protecting you. If you went, if you look at our replay on my podcast for last week, if you look at what we talked about as in buying in a trust, we actually went through on that whole hour on this. Please check it out because that will clarify things for you as well. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So now let's have a look. But I feel like I did the maths area that I mentioned have higher rental return. Do you have any example of data that you bought before so I know what to expect? Okay. But I feel like I did the maths area that I mentioned have higher rental return. Do you have any example? Um, look, I don't really This is a continuation of another question. Yeah, I know, but so. the, the deal is, though, um, the area that I mentioned have higher rental return. What area specifically and why are you looking for higher rental return? Because buying a looking for higher rental return is not part of our strategy. Our strategy is very clear. We want our properties to double. That's where the money is. So if I buy a $500,000 property and it doubles in 10 years, I've made half a million dollars. Give me another strategy and give you half a million dollars out of one property for less than $20 a week. Seriously. You know, imagine you putting $20 a week away into the bank or in Bitcoin or in stocks. You're not going to make $500,000. That's no way. That's what I'm talking about with our strategy. So awesome advice. Thanks again, team. Marco, you're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. How long have we got, Georgie? Okay. What's the time? George and the team love this live shows and your valuable answers. They really help to clarify the doubts. God bless. Oh, that oh, is God so bless cool. you. Oh, that's beautiful. Avi, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, look, guys, um, we've we've gone. We've nearly gone an hour. We've gone really. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I've got to get to some coach. I've got to go do some coaching. Oh, you do. Look, have fun at your coach. We're going to say goodbye to everyone. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, look, so good. Thank you for joining in tonight. Charmaine, just just type in, just do a message and say, 
you know, meeting with Charmaine. If you want to do the 14-day challenge, type in 14-day challenge. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, you know what? I really love it. You know, my favorite day of the week is Wednesday night when I come and interact with you guys. And tonight, everyone's been, you know, giving me energy by asking questions and commenting and just saying thank you so much. I'd love to see you next Wednesday. Okay, so let's one have a look. Question. One more question. You mentioned one school, George, not to buy more than one property in the same area. Do you mean areas such as suburb or council? Yes, can I explain why? Um, look, we've gone an hour. I'm going to have to do this next week. Um, we'll save it for next week. Yeah, sorry. That means same, same bad channel, same bad time. Come in next week and I'll talk to you about the five ones and how to keep yourself safe. And I'll show you exactly why we don't buy, you know, duplexes, why we don't buy the same property in the same suburb, because this is so important. It's one of the keys to this. And this is actually similar to what stock market does, where you don't buy, put all your stocks in one company either. You, you share, you diversify. So there is a bit of diversification there. Spread I'm the demand. world. Yes, sometimes I am. So it's good. So, guys, thank you so much. Have a great Wednesday night. See you next Wednesday. Um, you know, and um, it's see you better then. Than, it's better than see you next Tuesday. We'll see you next, right. Wednesday. next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful. And please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I have become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy, and it takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand that information I share is of a general nature only and is not taking into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisor has actually achieved the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire, provide all the things you dream of for you and your family.